Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts, the second chapter. And let's, let's continue today. I want to talk to you about getting together. It's the plan of God that we be together. Our, our text for this series is Acts chapter 2 and beginning verse 42. Check it out with me. It's, it reads, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. The NIV reads, they devoted themselves to those practices. So very important in the early church, it wasn't get saved and now just go on your way. It was get saved and engage in these habitual practices. Devote yourself, commit yourself to these aspects of life. And when they did, not only did it benefit them to be in the Word and prayer and fellowship, but it also had a great impact on the world around them because the Scripture says the Lord added daily to the church those who were being saved. All right, And so we want to do something that is healthy and beneficial for our own lives, but not just for our own lives. We also want to do it because of the impact it's going to have on people around us. And I want to see, oh, I want to see people getting saved daily, daily. And uh, praise God for, for all those that are around the world, around the globe today. We skip down to the 46th verse now. It reads, so continuing... Daily, with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. That's interesting that people got saved daily because they got together daily. I hmm, wonder if there's any correlation involved in that. Uh, and so this was the habit, like I said, the practice of the early church. And one of the key components that we've been uh, zoning in, zeroing in on, is the, is the word fellowship. All right? And let me give you that definition again, because this is what they committed to. They committed to a sharing in common with one another. But it wasn't just we both golf or we both uh, fly frisbees or something. Uh, but it was regarding, and those things might have been the case, well, if they had golf and frisbee, um, but they had a commonality in Christ. The very thing that brings us together today is why they were getting together. It's the reason they knew each other and had these relationships, okay? Uh, and so they committed to that. They committed to partnership with each other. They committed to participation, uh, they committed to contribution to each other. They committed to communion and distribution and communication. Can you see that their devotion was not just to an organization? It was not just to even, I know things were just starting there, but these practices continued. It wasn't just to a local church structure, services at this time and all that. kind. Of, it was to each other. They were devoted to the relational aspect of the body of Christ and to how those relationships would impact each other going both directions. You can see it wasn't, their mindset wasn't get in, get out. Uh, their mindset wasn't uh, show up to church late, leave early. 
Why, why, why wasn't it the case? Because it was about each other, not just about the event or the structure, the building, the organization. You know what I'm talking about? It, 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 this is what's necessary. Okay, I recognize there may be some here today, probably are, that you've just been beat up by life. You've been going through junk. Maybe you've had a relational failure, maybe a divorce or something like that. And you've come in here and you're kind of glad that, you know, you can hide. I understand that. And I think there might be seasons in people's lives where that's what they do want. Sneak in, enjoy the presence of God, hear the Word, kind of get out. Don't have anyone asking them questions about what's going on. And if you're there, I respect that. And I think, great, let's get healed up and strengthened up. But that's not the plan continually. That's not what God's design is for us ongoing. All right? Eventually, we've got to get to a place where we engage. Everybody okay? All right? That's opposite of, of those who, you know, just kind of getting in for me and getting out for me. I don't want to touch anybody else. I don't, I'm kind of annoyed with that two-minute greeting section there because then people talk to me and stuff. And, and, and I'd rather just, you know, stay me and the Lord. <laughs> we're, we're, we're family, you know. The Lord in, in, intended. I know there's not a whole lot of deep fellowship in this type of environment but that's why we get together in various formats this is one of them but it's not the only one everybody with me today and see we we got to get outside of ourselves sometime to invest in somebody else's life i i I know this an experience uh amy and i had not too long ago we were we were away which we don't you know have opportunity very often to get away and be in another church on a Sunday, uh, especially if I'm not speaking there, but we had that opportunity. We went to this this place in a different city, and I, I told her, I said, I don't want to get there early. I don't get, want to be late because God's never late, and I'm not going to be late either. Uh, however, I, I said, I don't want to get there early because I kind of really don't want people asking me and knowing that I'm a pastor. <laughs> So we can just go in right on time, go in there and sit down and enjoy the service. And we went into this particular church and uh, right on time, and uh, there was hardly anyone there. Uh, decent size auditorium, not as big as this, but decent size. And there was hardly anyone there, and those that were there looked at us from a distance. <laughs> And and they started late, the service, and after it got going a while, people more and more people started trickling in, and they started coming in. And after a while, it was you know they had it wasn't packed or anything, but it was a lot more people than when we got there. And, and I thought because I'm looking at everything with my pastor eyes to try to uh, both to learn and to see how because I'm a I like to see what works, what doesn't work, and you know, what people are doing well and what they're not doing well. In the middle of it, I think, they're not doing this very well. Then I stop and I think, am I doing that same thing? <laughs> and, uh, and one of the things I thought, you know, I want to I tell this church, would you guys come to church on time? Not our church, because you guys are all on time, right? <laughs> I was talking about I wanted to tell that church. I'm not like telling you the story like as a backhanded way to... All right, maybe I am. But 
I thought, because here, if, if someone wants to reach the lost, which I wasn't, so I was good, but they didn't know that. All right, I didn't wear a pastor badge or anything. Hi, I'm close to God. Uh, uh, I just, I thought these people are not mindful as a whole of lost people in their area because they make it awkward and uncomfortable. They're thinking about their schedule, what they want to do when they come into church and not thinking about someone new who's going to come in there and be, you know, the first one there, even though they're on time. You know what I'm talking about? And see, there's a different mindset that I think believers ought to have towards those who are without. And, you know, last week we were talking about leading by example, how we influence others by what we do, and we influence others by what we don't do. There's really no getting around that. We are having an impact on other people by what we engage in and things that we don't engage in. Everything affects somebody. And when we recognize that, we can begin to do some things on purpose. Have an intentional, godly, loving, spirit-empowered, led, inspired impact on another person's life. Uh, What you do or don't do doesn't stop with you. It's always going to have an impact on somebody else. At times, we engage in, I, I mean, I can speak for myself, at times I do things, I'll engage in certain activity, or I'll refrain and stay away from certain activity, And the motive, the reason I will, comes solely from my relationship with God. I've been changed. I've been made a new creation in Christ. This is who I am now. This is my nature. This is how my Father is. I want Him to be pleased with how I conduct myself. And it's all about this relationship, why I do certain things and why I refrain from certain things. But there are other times where that's really not my mindset, but it is this. I know that if I'll engage here, get involved in this, or stay away from this and not be involved in this, then that's going to have an impact on people around me. And it's not for any motive of trying to please God, not any motive of trying to attain something. I know my, my righteousness is in Christ. I know my, my security is in Him. He loves me. Uh, whether I do certain things or not, you know what I'm talking about? But, uh, but I realize that my actions will impact someone else and their relationship with the Father. They may walk closely with Him because of what I do, or they may back off because of what I do. Everybody okay? Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. Hope everybody's okay today. We're, I want to stir you up and get in your business a little bit. Better than being bored though, right? Being mad at the preacher is better than being bored with the preacher. <laughs> at least you got something to talk about after service. <laughs> Instead of, I need a nap. <laughs> I'm fired up today. First Corinthians chapter 10, Paul writes to this church, at verse 23, he says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things 
are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Notice this mindset. All things are lawful. Paul's saying, I can do whatever I want. Why are they all lawful? Because Jesus fulfilled the law. Jesus fulfilled the requirements of the law, and now for him, he said, I can do whatever I want. I'm free. All things are lawful. But notice the next part. He said, but some things are just stupid. Right? That's paraphrase. I can do anything I want, but why would I? Not everything I may potentially do is going to help me or is going to help anybody else. Some things, yep, you can do it if you want. It's not like you're going to hell for it, but it's just dumb. Huh? Or some things, you can do it if you want, but it's going to have a negative impact on people around you, and they might go to hell. Wow, that's a strong word, huh? He went on to say, verse 24, let no one seek his own, but each, each one the other's well-being. That's the opposite of the way the flesh operates, isn't it? That's to seek my own well-being. But he said, no, don't do that. Do just the opposite. Don't seek your own well-being. Seek someone else's well-being. Therefore, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense either to the Jews or the Greeks or to the church of God. Notice that language, give no offense. Now, how many know there's other scriptures, and we talk about this sometimes, about taking offense. How that can really mess up your life if you take offense. Well, here's the other side of the coin. Don't give it. In other words, don't be used. Don't let your life be a tool that will encourage someone else to be offended and therefore ruin their life. Because the offended person is always the one who suffers. Verse 33, just as I also please all men in all things. Now, does that sound wrong? That's right there in the Bible. Some said, oh, no, we should not be man pleasers. We should be God pleasers. We should focus on pleasing God, not pleasing people. That's not what Paul said. Hmm. The reality is this is one of, those, one of those truths that has an application on both sides. It's one of those truths that the very real matter is, yes, I shouldn't be living just for the approval and please, pleasing of men, but there is another aspect where I ought to be. Why? Because, of, I, want, because I want to win them. He said, I seek to please everybody in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they, that they, go ahead, put it up, that they may be saved. That they may, not that I may be saved. Paul was already saved. Everything's already good. He said that they may be saved. And then he goes on, verse, chapter 11, verse 1, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Just like we talked about last week, sometimes people think, Oh, I would never follow man. I only follow the Lord. And yet we've got one of the primary examples, one of the primary leaders, the one who wrote good part of the New Testament. He said, follow me. He didn't just say, follow Christ. He said, follow me. And here he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Amen. So what's he saying? I don't live for myself. I can do whatever I want, but I choose not to. 
I have the freedom to go anywhere, do anything, get involved with anything, but I'm not going to do it because it's not helping anybody. And he said, and after that's all said and done, you do like me. I want you to imitate me in this regard. So, praise God. I remember years ago I was teaching a, a message on the grace of God and, and, and talking about the requirements that are on us and how really, how Jesus fulfilled those requirements and that our faith in Him gives us right standing with God and, and some of those powerful truths. And, and, and I got off in one of my illustrations talking about giving. And, and I, was, I was saying, you know, you don't have to tithe. You don't have to give. And I was speaking in relationship to the absence of doing that does not remove your salvation. It does not remove God's love for you. It doesn't remove His grace for, 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 for from your life. It's not contingent upon what you do. And I'm using that illustration because, you know, many people do these type of things in such a legalistic manner as an obligation rather than from the heart. And uh, anyway, there was a, a person there that had been, had been coming to the church for a while, and I know this through their association, they, they told them afterwards that they were so glad that I said that. And they, say, they were so happy that they didn't have to tithe anymore. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, they said, I think you might have missed the point there, but, <laughs> uh, but this person, that's all they heard is I've been doing this and I don't have to. So they stopped. And after a while, short period after that, they stopped coming to church. And they stopped other things in their life, and they were no longer walking closely with the Lord. Now, how many know it's one thing to say, yeah, I don't, I'm free, I don't have to do anything, but some things are just stupid. I'm, trying to, I'm glad my wife's out of here right now, so I'm using the word stupid too much. <laughs> don't tell her. Uh, anyway... Uh, some, uh, some activity or the absence of some of it, though it doesn't affect our standing with God, it does affect our heart. It affects how closely we walk with the Lord. It eventually will affect and impact other people around us. And so th- there's just a lot to consider when a person says, I'm going to or I'm not going to. Huh? How many know the Bible teaches us about sins of commission? and sins of omission. Some things it's about doing, and some things it's about not doing. And when it comes to our lives, why do we do what we do? Let me me put it in my own life. Why do I pray? I'll tell you why I pray. I'll sum it up. I pray because I, I like God. I enjoy the presence of my Father. I enjoy conversation with Him. I pray because He gives me things when I ask Him. I pray, you know, I could talk a lot about it, but I pray it helps me. It helps me tremendously. I'm strengthened. I'm refreshed. I, I, it's, good, it's good to be connected with the Lord every day. But you know also why I pray? Sometimes I pray not for what I'm getting out of it, not because of that motive, but I pray so that I will be ready and I will be equipped and prepared and strengthened for somebody else. Everybody listening to me? Why do you do what you do? Or, or why don't you? So I'm good. I don't need to pray today. I'm, I'm strong. The Lord and I, we're tight. We're good. I, I know, but are you ready for someone else? That's the thing. Because 
how many know a lot of stuff can happen in people's lives that is unexpected? They didn't know it was coming, and it could be one of your coworkers, and it could be could be your neighbor, and it could be someone near to you. And how many know when that when they're going through it, when they got a lot of junk going on, you're glad you prayed that day? Yeah, not because of you, because of them, because now you had something. Now you were in a in a strong a strong place. You know why do I I worship? It's for me. And it's for others. Why do I gather with the saints? It's, I get a lot out of that. I get a lot of, out of it personally. You know what? But I gather with believers for their benefit too. I realize that my presence can have a positive impact on someone else. And the absence of my engagement in certain activities misses an opportunity for God to do something. In me, through me, in someone else's life. So I think about worship, smiling, giving, serving, holding back certain thoughts. I, I, I think about all this for what it produces and what it, the absence of what my not doing those things, what, what it will produce. It's hard to define some of these things, but I know I've had times in my life where I was in the right place at the right time and really good things happened. And I thought afterward, what if I had decided not to be here today? I mean, I could have easily just went the other wreck. I could have just stayed home. I could have gone here and not done that. What if I hadn't? Or what, you know, what if I had done something different? I would never have known what I missed. I've had times where I'm getting ready for a service. And I think, I'm just going to pray a little bit extra. Just a thought. I'm just going to spend a little more time, a little bit. And I'll get something in the middle of that prayer that directs the whole service. And someone gets healed. Someone gets a a word for their life. Someone gets an answer. And I think, what if I hadn't prayed a little bit extra that day? What if I hadn't spent that little time? What would have happened? Nothing. No one would have known it. What I'm talking about, what I'm thinking about, is opportunity. I'm thinking about how can I contribute to what the Lord totally wants to do in a lot of places, or or how can I miss out on it? See, what I do, I do, yeah, I benefit personally from it, but someone else does as well. I know within my own growth, I've recognized situations that I've dealt with in the past, and people I've dealt with. Where at the time, my heart was totally right. I wasn't being mean but I, or anything like that. I wasn't of ill will. But I didn't see at the time something I could have done. A way I could have handled the situation. But later as I grew, I thought, He, if I would have done this, if I would have acted this way, I really could have helped that person more. And I've recognized that growth and seeing more can be of great value. Some of you that were here, I don't know, probably a year ago, uh, might remember this illustration. We were talking about spiritual growth. And I, I talked about uh, uh, like a, your dining room table and how you're, you could have like a Thanksgiving meal on that and centerpieces and food and plates and lots of good stuff, right? And it's all decked out. But you can have a child that their stature is way down here. Right? And their, their view of that table 
is, is true, it's accurate, it's not a false view, but how many know their profile view of the table only allows them to see so much? They're looking at the same table I'm looking at, but they have a different perspective. But as they grow, then they see that table from a totally different perspective. They see it more completely, more accurately. And this is why I think it's of such great value that we grow and develop and we begin to see with a heavenly perspective and see it all and see the opportunities that are, you know, that are there. Years ago when I was in Bible school, I can remember going to church services, going to school, you know, all, during the day and, uh, and being in church. And one of the things that I would hear and had notes on, said amen to, smiled about, was uh, a message of using what you've got a message of getting involved and serving and helping out uh, in, the, in, in the church and, and ministries that were going on. And I heard that for a long period of time. Took notes, agreed. <laughs> Took notes the next time, agreed again. All with a good heart. Never being resistant of it. But after a couple years, one day it dawned on me. And it was really quite interesting how I felt, the emotion I felt. It just, it just kind of hit me like, well, I don't do anything. And I felt kind of stupid. I really did. I felt like, how long have I been hearing this? And totally not doing it. And quoting James 1.22. And all this stuff. And I immediately made a change. And I started doing something. I don't know if that makes sense. I, I, I recognize this high potential. Because I've experienced. I've been there firsthand. I wasn't a bad person. Didn't have a bad heart. Wasn't rebellion, rebelling against God. I know this goes through some people's one ear and go right out the other right now and one of these days is going to dawn on you this truth other principles other truths but we've got to be living for someone else that is really a pathway to personal growth it is really a pathway for us experiencing more of God in our own lives but it's not just about us it's about someone else go with me to Ephesians chapter 5 everybody okay still Anybody sleeping? All right. Escort that man out. But he responded, so he couldn't have been sleeping too deep. A little water, a little refreshing. A little rod of correction. A little scourging. Those are all Bible words, you know. Ephesians chapter 5 Notice with me in verse 15, uh, Paul writes to them and said, See then that you walk circumspectly. Anybody walk, walking circumspectly today? Anybody use the word circumspectly yet today? <laughs> circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Alright, so the wise person walks circumspectly, 
The fool does not walk circumspectly. Anybody concerned about not knowing what that means? He said, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, this is interesting. He was telling them how to conduct themselves, how to, how to conduct their walk. And he used this word circumspect, which means this. It means to, to walk exactly. So it's precision. Accurately. It, it means this. Watch. To look around. He said, because the time is short, the days are evil, you need to make the most of every opportunity, you need to look around. Circumspect, think of the word circumference. All right. He said, you need to conduct yourselves and live your lives this way, where you are aware of what's going on around you, not just what's in here. There are missed opportunities I'm not talking about you sinning and losing your relationship with God and going to hell. I'm talking about somebody else. I'm talking about living our lives and conducting ourselves in such a way that we do things for our primary motive of we love God, we're a new creation in Christ, and someone else is watching. And my engagement in certain activities in my life, my presence, my prayer, my, my life... It will impact somebody else. And I should be aware of that. I should be conscious of that reality. The Amplified Bible uh, translates that verse, uh, those two verses this way. Look carefully then, or just verse 16. Look carefully then how you walk. Be purposefully and worthily and accurately. Did I say that right? Not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. All right? So we're only talking to the smart people here now. All right? And if you want to be among that, that crew, this is how wisdom acts. It lives circumspectly. It lives conscious and aware of how our lives are influencing other people around us. And because we know this, and this is a reality, we can use it intentionally. We can do so purposefully. We can conduct ourselves with spiritual, godly, motivated by His love, but godly intention. I know some people don't want to stand out. They say, I just kind of like to blend in and not really stand out. But hey, the moment you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you marked yourself in the Spirit. You're one of His. You're saved. You've got the grace of God, His Spirit in your life. And you know what? We are different from those in the world. And that's not a problem. That's a good thing. Because people in the world are lost. Some are deceived and some are just struggling. But they are lost. They need someone who's different. Be different. Don't try to blend in with the world. Stand out. I'm not talking in style and some of these externals, you know, where we're going to have a dress code where everyone has to look like they're from the 1800s, and that identifies us as our group, you know. Uh, women, stop combing your hair and stuff and get some bondage going on. And, and uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to go there, but I'm not talking about being different in those regards. Do whatever you want with your hair. I don't care. <laughs> 
I'm talking about a difference that is spiritual and it is substantive in nature because it's, it's the glory of God. It's the presence of God. It's the love of God flowing through us. It is His character that, that, that is in our hearts. There are these factors that set us apart. Don't be afraid to pray in public. You know, if, if you're praying with someone or at a restaurant praying for your food, stand out. Not, for a, not to make a show. Be who you are. Different. A light in a dark world. Come on. You know, uh, one of my desires about our church is that we be different. Different. Different than who? Different than the world. You know, not just about the externals. You know, the stage. Next week, by the way, the stage is going to be totally different. Get ready. But I tell you what, even with that, that's not the focus. I want the glory of God to be manifest. Or even before a word is spoken, before the gospel is shared, there's a presence. There's something real. It's tangible. You can, t- you can, you can feel it. And I get these testimonies, but I want them more. More. Man, something about I went in that place and there's like something's coming out of those people. Something radiates from within them. And yes, it's love and kindness, but it's also something they can't explain. It's the presence and glory of God. I want to be different. Yeah, different in that regard because these are the real things that many of us have experienced in our lives. I want it to be so thick it goes out in the parking lot. Someone steps out of their car. What is that? And it's not sensey. <laughs> Smell that? Yeah, ma- making candles. <laughs> but something bigger than that. Go with me to 1 Peter 2. Let's finish up. You read in the Old Testament about Caleb. He, he, the Bible said he had a different spirit. A different spirit. And we are to be different. We are aliens, by the way. Anybody here believe in aliens? That's you and that's me. Why? Because our citizenship is in heaven. We are foreigners here. We are pilgrims passing through. We have, have our residence here, but I tell you what, our permanent residency is in heaven. The day you got born again, you transferred your citizenship. Amen. I'm thankful to be a part of our great country. I'm thankful for America, but you know what? It's second. I'm not first an American. I'm first saved. I'm first a child of God. I am first an eternal child of an eternal God, and uh, I happen to live in a, a good country. So praise God for that. But that's first. huh? I mean, no, when, when you and I get to heaven, we're not going to have America, you know, United States, and Australia, and Mexico, and whatever. Did I ever tell you about the person who's, uh, when they're, no, don't tell them. <laughs> That's why she's here. You should have been here earlier. I said I was saying all kinds of stuff you wouldn't approve of. <laughs> I'll tell you later. <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> First Peter chapter 2. Beloved, I beg you as... Here's that language. Sojourners and pilgrims. In other words, you don't live here. Or you're living here, but you're not from here. You're just passing through. And that's talking about the earth. Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Having your conduct honorable among Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they, what? Observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So we conduct ourselves a certain way. And you know one of the motives for that? Because we are being observed. And God is going to come visit people. And He is going to show up in their life. And they're going to have a living example of what the conviction in their heart is telling them. And it's you. And it's me. And it's our life. It's not just our faith and those invisible attributes. But it is how we conduct ourselves that will penetrate the hearts and minds of people who are on the outside. This is why it's essential that we live our lives not just for ourselves, for our own benefit, but for the benefit of others. We're seeking to please them that they might be one. Amen. It's time for us to stick out, you know, like Womack says, like a heel thumb, right, with a bunch of crooked fingers around, and uh, here we are. What's up with you? I don't know. What's up? Something about you. Yeah, I'm not telling. <laughs> you know, some people want to share and they want to talk. Some people just want to do their religious duty. You know, I got the knock on my door yesterday. Two people standing there. And I said, I'm already saved. You know, and they wanted to hand me their literature. And I'm happy to talk, but they didn't want to talk. They don't want to talk if you're already saved. Well, they let me know what that is, but they don't want to talk. This was my perception, and I've been there a lot of times. They want to do the duty. They're obliged to, they're obligated to hit so many homes, these particular people. It's a secret. No one knows what I'm talking about, huh? <laughs> to do certain things, hit so many homes, and, and when you want to engage, no, it's just, we want you to go to our website. I don't need your website, but I'd be happy to have a conversation with you, share with you the love of God. Amen. I don't, that's not my motive. I don't want to do things... I have to do it. No, I don't want to miss an opportunity. What could happen if I would? What could happen if I would pray? What possibly could happen if I would worship? What could happen if I would engage and involve and serve and love and give and all? What's the potential of my life? It's this. I would be a wise person. I would would not be one that misses opportunities. I live circumspectly. And I take it advantage of the time because I tell you, it's short. There's precious few moments left. And one of these days we're going to look back and go, wow, that was quick. It's gone. But here we are today. Let's make the most of it. What do you say? Praise God. I'm excited about ministry taking place. That's outside of these walls. I know that 
one of my primary assignments in the body of Christ as a five-fold minister is to equip the saints to do the ministry. Most of the ministry that happens and should happen takes place from the body of Christ, not from a handful of selected individuals, uh, five-fold ministry gifts, so forth. It happens through the body of Christ. A lot of times when we have good ideas, the, this question is always there. Is this something that we're supposed to do or is it something we're supposed to empower others to do? And most of the time it's number two. And I tell you, that's the place where we all should be empowered to do something with what we've got for the Lord. And I pray the Lord will stir your heart to that end. Amen. Father, we love you today. We're so thankful for your, your goodness, your kindness. Oh, you're so wonderful. Thank you for stirring our hearts, for leading us in the place we ought to be. Thank you for leading us into that place of your grace. It's a place of victory. It's a place of joy and peace. And it's a place of fruitfulness where we can be used of you. Lord, thank you for touching every heart today and ministering to every life, drawing them into a place of fruitful production. What a privilege it is. Lord, we don't see it as an obligation. We see it as an opportunity. An opportunity to be used of you. So thank you for stirring our hearts today. We rejoice and we are glad in you. Thank you for everything that you've done.